Well, we've been up this week. Kind of been down this week. So had some good volatility. You know what? We're still green on the week. We're still holding some major support. Big problem is, is we can't hold the rally. We'll find out by the end of the week, maybe, if uh, if this 39.50 area is going to hold. Moss sold some stock, and I know someone who sold some stock, too. We'll talk about that. We've got some economic numbers. We've got some market structure talk. And we got our boy Blue coming on at 8.35 to put this whole inflation, interest rate scenario, make it easy us for understand. I'm back. Mitch, roll the intro. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Let's run down the commodities in the futures. The spoos are taking a hit. We're down 38 handles at 39.92, uh, just treading above the pre-market low. Uh, the buck perking up, up 55 cents at 104.29. TLT in the red, that's in the red by 52 cents. Uh, crude distance itself from 70, up 19 cents at 77.47. Gold just couldn't stay in that eighteen hundred handle down thirty one seventy at uh, at thirty at seventeen eighty seven. Uh, silver that's a big move in silver down seventy eight cents at twenty three thirty five. And uh, Bitcoin after moseying up to eighteen k, it's down one hundred and twenty dollars at seventeen thousand six hundred and seventy five. Let's bring Triple D out of the in. To the show out of the trade cave and uh money mitch how, how you guys faring today not too bad i mean it looks like uh the market might be a little bit struggling along and uh war concerns out there but at least myself not too bad Just i'm still on COVID, so i'm not getting rid of that position anytime soon so still <laughs> on COVID. should write some puts against it though but i mean we're Maybe some do you calls. test? Do you test and get anything or not? No, no. I, I mean, I I tested positive three months ago. And I never got better, so I just stayed congested. So I feel <laughs> fine. I'm just congested, and I cough up phlegm. So oh, three months, or it could it, just so. be the winter, man. We need to get you to Florida, like Joe. Well, or here's probably, Come on. probably. I'm going to Florida. to Florida. Let's go, go. On vacation. I probably would actually get rid of this thing. You know what so. we need, guys? We need the pre-market prep winter experience that's actually in florida we gotta bring you guys out here let's do it we gotta do a little planning in orlando or yeah, maybe get me even down Key to west. let's do it get me a trip to florida because i actually think maybe then i would get rid of this yeah you need the, sea need the breeze, sunlight you, there's no breeze. sun where i am the sun just doesn't exist there's no yeah. sun that's so the one maybe thing. i need sun always yep. Sons of yeah. I, I sure Let's hope there hasn't into... mold in my house. I sure hope not. It's only three months old, so I sure hope there's no mold in here. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, guys. Did uh, Jerome Powell just say that, forget Santa Claus, we don't need him? No. Because it seems like that's what no, Jerome he, did yesterday. He did, yeah. You're right. Uh, Fed coming in, raising by 50 basis points. I don't think that was unexpected. I think everyone expected to hear that. Um, now, where you get some unexpected, of course, is uh, the expect longer terminal rate going up to eventually maybe 5.1. That's where some people might have had it wrong. Um, other kind of statements that he said that I think are significant are uh, statements like doesn't have a plan to pause or take a reversal path, pretty much taming everybody that said that this was a pivot, pretty oh, yeah. much just said it like, I don't even have a plan to pause, let yeah. alone talk yeah. about a reversal path. Yeah. I don't know I mean, where and, you guys and, are getting and, this. And, and this was common sense. Like, you, I, I don't know who would have thought, oh, yeah, 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 we're good. We've we got the inflation ticket down now. We're going to stop rates, and we're going to probably start lowering them soon. You and think there was he's going to say that? It's counterproductive to what he's trying to accomplish. 
Mm-hmm. Dumb and money there's one was more there. important, important spot that he clearly continuously keeps saying. He said it again in this conference. He said that the that we have tightened significantly in the past year, but the Federal Reserve policy isn't sufficiently restrictive yet. I was and they hit it on that too. Yeah. Boom. Because that means what? There's more down the line. We he, if he's he's clearly has said that he's been trying to get it to a restrictive policy, and he's clearly saying it's still not even there yet. We still haven't even gotten to the spot where we consider it restrictive. So there you guys see the outlook from Jerome Powell. Hawkish Powell. Coming like a hawk. Full on hawkish. Joel, you've been away for a couple of days here. I know you can't ever get away from the markets. I'm assuming you've been watching, obviously, the price action here as well. We've given our thoughts the last couple of days of price action. I was very concerned that they could not hold the CPI gains. I was very concerned. Concerned enough that I tweeted. Uh, when we were 402 spy, that I think there's significantly more downside here now. Um, we're 70 handles lower from when I tweeted that two days ago. Obviously, we chopped around yesterday a lot ahead of it, and then we sold off with the Powell. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Covenant? And my thoughts is that they're on, on these rallies, these ridiculous rallies, like the one that you had on Tuesday, that they're yeah. firm sellers out there. Like yes. there's orders on the books. Like, you know, get me out of XYZ at 92, you know, and that yeah. order is staying at XYZ no matter what. You know, whatever the spoo's orders are above, they're firm orders on the sell side that are going to get executed. And then on the downside, you do have a level of support and, uh, you know, basis, the S&Ps, I'm just going to call it like right around 39.50. And then for the SPY, let's call it 92.50. I mean, that's where your buyers are at. They're not, you know, they're not stepping out They're They're, you know, maybe they're in for the flip. But it just seems that the the market participants know where they want to sell and, they have a support area that's holding, but it's just not its just not the demand underneath. So uh, I just will look at last week's low, whether it's the spider or the S&P. Uh, it gets, takes out last week's low. I think we got some more downside. Uh, we're still up for the week. You mentioned the trading range, but it just, you know, it, there's sellers out there. And there's big sellers. Yeah. And there is some buyers, but you have come five, you know, you know 500 points off the low. I just don't think anyone's like just you know the huge appetite for uh, to get long and and get long at these levels. So that's what it feels like to me. I well, think I'm going to start too much risk. Mitch, yeah. go ahead. I just think that I can't. I, this is why I stay heavy in cash because I can't assess the risk here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I if we it's do difficult. go into a recession, these stocks aren't cheap. So I mean, risk reward. Everything is about risk reward. Entire life, your life is about risk-reward. You know, you go out, you know, you go take your kids, you go somewhere, you get risk of car accident. It's it's a very low risk, so that's why you take that chance. But everything is risk-reward. When I assess the risk-reward of the markets right now here, I just see so much downside potential, and I see some upside potential, but especially, that's why I was treating, some of these stocks are all-time highs. I mean, is this really, should do these stocks have business being at all-time highs, and people get mad at me and say, oh, yeah, those are the ones you got to buy because everybody's learned just momentum trading. Everybody just follows that book. But, you know, really in 2022, the reason that I've been very successful in 2022 is I've taken a contrarian approach where some of your momentum traders haven't done as well because momentum doesn't have follow-through. So we've had a really nice rally in all the Dow stocks in the last six weeks. I mean, it's been an incredible rally, up 15% in six weeks. They're still trying to hold on. But I just look and say, the next move, if you're buying Goldman Sachs here, maybe maybe we use the deer example because I was using that before. I mean, it's at all-time highs, Joel. I mean, do any stocks really have business being at all-time highs right now? Is, is Netflix going out of business right now? What's going on here? We've just had a, a pretty big drop right. here. Netflix just got news here. Yeah. What you do we got? You guys, you guys. Let's find out. We're all out. over the place. I, I just want right. text um, we're talking Netflix. I'm sorry. I just, no, uh, you're right. Netflix. There is. I mean, there, there's here. something hitting, but I, I don't see it. I don't and see, don't it, in the see tape. it yet. Yeah, there's nothing at least on my tape uh, here. Report. No, there's always news. There's. I mean, I, I'm not saying there out. it doesn't exist, but more. There's like, a I report don't have coming it. out, and you know, obviously, there's a report coming out that 
I'm, I'm just trying to grab it, and I'm just grabbing this from Twitter here right now. Um, that there's rumors that they're missing their viewership targets. So yeah, I'm Jeff- not sure if that report is real. Um, I just I just uh, see two people talking about it. Um, it's from DigiDay. I don't know. Well, Jeffrey's put Digi out Day. something yesterday at 140 that says sees potential subscriber miss um, and waiting for ads to develop. Uh, but I don't see anything yeah, no, else. 140 yesterday. We're talking about a move right now. It's yeah, down yeah, but I'm saying bucks. It's down 5%. That is not just, oh, it's market effects. This is news. DigiDay, I'm giving you where is the headline that's moving. I don't know Digi this company. Day. I don't know this website. Digi Day, but huh? DigiDay is saying that they're missing their view. Netflix lets advertisers take their money back after missing viewership targets. I see three people talking about it on Twitter. I do see the article here. So it looks like this is it, unless there's something from another source, which we're still to be determined here. That's what they're talking about on Twitter here right now. So uh-huh. um, whatever the reason, 5%. I don't even know what the like hell DigiDay is. <laughs> I don't know who DigiDay is either, but people <laughs> see missing viewership targets and they get scared. I can see yeah. Zozo, who watches the show, is tweeting about it right now. There's lots of people on Twitter. So I want to give you guys a hint. So Benzinga Pro, we obviously you know, get our news from the wires. We get our news all over the place. But we're still people. You know, We're not always going to be the first ones. If you're looking for quick news, sometimes you got to just go to Twitter too. Hit latest. Go, so type in your ticker on netflix dollar nflx at latest and see what social media is talking about not that they they don't usually usually it will hit the major news wires first but when you don't have anything on the major news wires it's always a good source to just go quickly it's free go check the latest on twitter and sometimes you'll find if you see three four people talking about the same thing that's likely the reason Hmm. Uh, i'm looking at uh the price action here and uh 302 it's kind of sticking out to me. Now we did get below 302. Um, if you're looking at Mitch's uh, daily chart, um, you see three lows uh, between 301, you know, 301, 302, 303. Uh, that's where we're, you know, that was where the daily support is. We did take take that out in the pre-market. We did get under 300, I believe. So if the yeah. bulls want to, you know, defend their stock here, they're going to defend 302. Uh, if not, then you got a big, ugly, well, no, it was a nice bar on the way up, but you got a big green bar on um, going back a couple weeks ago where your next daily low was 280. So that's the next daily low, but see if, uh, you know, that's a quick windfall for anyone who had been shorting this thing and been getting jammed. Uh, so we'll see if the pre-market low holds. Uh, that 280 number is not a good number. Uh, but definitely trying to rebound. And, and I don't know who we're Digi getting hit. Day we is. got eight fifteen number here. Obviously, Dennis, watch out. Uh, oh, we're bouncing around pretty good yeah, here. We had something coming out at eight fifteen. Man, what do you guys sleeping on? We're week gonna get to I'm the gone? tick sizes, folks. People want to talk. The tick sizes are asking about. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean it. the tick sizes but, might have to wait, team. They're gonna have we'll, to. We'll wait. get to that. Yeah, we'll what's get to that. What's the number that just came out here? I sleep when I'm gone. Five points. It, I mean, it, it's. I wanted to give us the Netflix news, but I guess I'll, I'll give us this one here too. Why do you have? A, okay, stop. Do you have other Netflix news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna give you exactly what's in there that's probably causing the hit. Um, what so what it's really is saying that they're not meeting their viewership guarantees that they put to advertisers. Uh, Netflix has only delivered roughly eighty percent of the expected audience, and they left room for advertisers to take money back from ads. Uh, that have yet to run if they're not meeting certain traffic numbers. Um, this so is that's the DigiDay article. Yeah, that's what's that in there. everybody is talking about right now. That's that's okay. the meat of the article there and why okay. uh, things are running and why they're kind of running out of that. Uh, let's take a look here. 815. I know I had a lot of 830 numbers, but. Yeah, yeah. I, it can't be. I mean, the ECB. ECB, raised, ECB. That was a while ago. Yeah, that was earlier. You're right. That was at seven. I was in the seven handle. So yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe we're just chopping around here, but they're talking about breaking news. ECB race. No, no, that it was bank, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Uh, oh, it was bank of uh, England earlier. England, okay. England That's earlier. It. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was already ECB done right though. Now. So I so guess ECB, ECB right raising now. also. So everybody raising because they they're following our our Fed. It usually happens. Draghi uh, back in there. I'm trying to get some of the news, but even my platforms are having some issues right yeah, now. So no, that that's easy. Yeah, I was just confused because uh, the Bank uh, of England was earlier. 
yeah, thank him. So, so another, another and there's uh, war updates that don't sound good either, right? Did you hear about what the Russian embassy was sending in? Well, they Giving saying? die warnings that uh, oh if if we give Ukraine the Patriot anti-aircraft missile system that it right now is going through the last uh, kind of process through uh, the Pentagon. Um, he, they stated, if this is confirmed, we will witness yet another provocative step by the administration, which could lead to unpredictable consequences. So I'm not going to say that that's going to lead to anything, but I know that a lot of people have just stopped even like kind of even the news, not really focusing on what's going on with the Russia Ukraine situation. I think this is definitely an update to focus on because we, we keep giving them more and more at some point, Russia's going to be like, this has to end, but we'll end up, we'll end up finding out what happens in that situation. So keep in mind that it is getting, uh, I think th the situation is getting worse, not better. Yeah, just kind of clearly. Just more, that's that. more things to worry about. I mean, maybe yeah. this market climbs this wall of worry, but it hasn't been climbing the wall of worry. You know, sometimes when these markets are climb walls of worry, this market hasn't been one of them. So Going back to the Netflix, you know, I sold the, my, my Netflix out of my wife's account there at 307. It was like one day before the big upgrade. Who was that? Who upgraded it? Who upgraded and made all their um, listeners or all their viewers bag holders? I think it was Morgan Stanley. Was it? Was it Morgan? I don't know. We don't want to call him. I want to call him out because I was like, wow, that's a bad upgrade. Uh, upgrade it? on Netflix? Yeah, four days ago. All right, I'll pull it. Day up after there. I sold it, because I was so ticked off. I was like, it popped to three twenty. I was like, are you kidding me? So they were watching the show. They heard you sold it. They're like, yeah, yeah probably. They're just waiting for me to sell. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, Dennis is out. Let's upgrade the stock now. So going right. back, it was I'm going Wells to the, Fargo. Wells Fargo. Uh, yeah, Wells Fargo on the ninth. I think they're so late to the party here. I think all the easy money, and this is why I sold my Netflix. I when I bought the second, the second pricing, the P was seventeen. It's went up so much, the P is now 27. So it's multiple expansion has happened here. I think we're going in recession. The P of 15, 16, I kind of like. P of 27 just got too expensive. So I sold it purely on valuation. No idea why they wanted to upgrade it at 30 or 311. They're down now on it. Deserved. I think Netflix goes lower from here. All right. We'll All right, get out of Although bounce. this article, I don't know. So maybe it bounced back because I don't know if anybody really knows DigiDay. We, we so I wouldn't, uh, you, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if you do bounce back a little bit here. I'd sell in any strength. Just my opinion. I already oh. sold it. So I'm selling into strength on Netflix. Bottom right. of yesterday's range, 314.42. I don't think we're going to get there. 300 is the exact pre market low. So <laughs> I think that's where, and there's probably some stops there, you know, like, well, I'm riding this up. I'm not going to sell into strength. I want to, but if it gets under 300, get me out. So I think that's where, plus uh, the spoos are certainly not helping out any stocks right now. We are coming down to the lows of the pre market session, 39.80. Uh, we're talking March contract now, folks. I converted, and oh, and the other thing—at least I'm back for the quad witch on Friday. This, this, uh, this should be it's fun. It's triple witch. We don't okay. talk quad witch. Okay, we talk All right. triple witch. Triple witch show. back in the day. Okay, I, I stand you there. You go. There's the triple D. You know, getting a little bit fired Smack up. Smack you That's around the, on that. I hope you guys the, yelled at each other. Got it all wrong. On. You guys got Did it wrong. Did you guys yell at each other at all when they were gone or not? You guys no, it's not the triple no, witch. It's not the quad work. witch. It's the triple Mitch. There you go. <laughs> the triple Mitch. Well, he's the, well, triple Mitch. Are we going to talk some ticks? Yeah, let's talk some ticks. All right, let's, let's, let's take turn it a over second. to Dennis on let's this one. Let's take a second. Yeah, let, this is the Dennis. Look, we'll, we'll, we'll put bring him up the chart. right in center there. All right, bring I'll up bring the up the chart for I you. I want to bring up the chart. I don't want to see my mug shot. I can't I got you. I got myself. I want to see my chart. So he's going, All I right, tweeted this chart last night. Here. So lots of market structure happening, lots of proposals. The most that they've probably done since Reg NMS, which was basically 14 years ago. So they look like the SEC is doing a big overhaul here. They're trying to go after the off-exchange market makers. And you know what? I, I applaud them for that effort. I'm somewhat concerned with the reasoning why here. So not looking at this tweet, but go down. Um, there's, um, if you go to the next Another tweet, one. you'll actually see a chart, Mitch. We're looking for the chart. So right. I, I took a snapshot from the 300 pages just on the tick sizes. So is it in a thread? Down, I know I tweet or is a lot. It on your, your, your no, keep three. going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Man, this guy. There it is. There it is. Dennis. Stop. Go back up. 
Click this that. one. Click that. It's not a chart. Click that. All right. So this. this Zoom this, it in. Uh, all right. I got you. You can Zoom see in. the buckets. Zoom this in. Is from like page. Yeah, I leave through 300 pages of this for you guys. Man. The tick sizes last night. This is just the tick size part. It's not talking about any other parts. It's the only t- part that I had time for last night. So if you zoom in and he's trying to zoom in here, maybe. Uh, I have to open it up because it's small here. So give me a second there. Okay. Boom. I got you. Guys. I didn't throw you under the bus on this one, Mitch. I told you on this one, but okay. There it is. So you got four buckets. So what's being proposed is they're going to lower the tick sizes. What that means is there's going to be more pricing increments per handle. The reason behind it is really the reason behind it, maybe not the reasons they said, but I know what the reasons behind it are, is your off-exchange market makers are sitting there on a stock like Bank America, and they're buying on the bid, and they're selling the offer directly from retail, directly from Robinhood, and they're making the penny all the time. They're sitting there, tick, 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 tick. So they're printing on the bid, they're printing the offer, a little bit of sub-penny price improvement. So what they're doing is they're trying to narrow the spread so the off-exchange market makers don't make as much money. And we'll do that. It's actually not a bad proposal in that way. My concern is that the tick sizes are going to be annoying for human traders because if you think the markets are fast now, they're going to get much faster. So let's look at the bucket. The first bucket, 0.001, it, it, and it's for spreads, if you time-weight average quote spread of under 0.008. So for the most part, that's probably most of your stocks under a buck. So I'm not too worried about that bucket. It's the next bucket that I'm kind of worried about. Because for this, the time weight average quoted spread is going to be between, if it's between 0.008 under this test period that they're going to be doing, um, to 0.016, it's going to drop to a 0.002 bucket. So a stock like Bank America will definitely fall into this bucket. And what that means is Bank America quoted typically... 31.92 31.92 to 31.93 when the stock is open is going to be quoted 31.922, 31.924, 31.926, 31.928. So you're going to have an extra five pricing increments per you know penny, an extra 500 or an extra 400 pricing increments per handle. So there'll now be 500 pricing increments per handle because currently we have 100 pricing increments per handle on the exchange with the you know 100 decimal you know with the with the pennies. Now we're going to sub pennies. So that's the move into sub pennies. I'm going to get Joel's thoughts on this too because I'm sure he has some thoughts. Amazon will probably fall into this bucket as well. Now um, it's going to be close, but because sometimes Amazon's trading with a two cent spread, but normally midday it's trading with a one cent spread. So I wouldn't be surprised if Amazon gets caught in this bucket too. So just thinking about all that, you know, obviously the quotes are going to move much faster, you know, because you got algorithmic traders that are going to be jumping around each other for Q position. What we had was back in 2006, before Reg NMS and the subpenny rule, we had subpennies. They were out there and they made SEC rule 612, the subpenny rule, because the quotes were changing so quickly you couldn't follow them. So what, what, what they were calling it, what you know, a good name for it, is quote flickering. So I think you're going to reintroduce this problem. So I like the fact that they're trying to go after the off-exchange market makers a little bit. I don't like the fact that you're going to speed up the quote. And now we're so much more algorithmic than we were in 2006. You're going to have those yeah. high-frequency traders that are on the exchange just sitting there just trying to jockey for a queue position, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's going to change your quotes so rapidly. So you're going to try to hit the nine, you know, the ninety not one seventeen two. Now it's ninety seventeen zero. Oh no, we got to try to hit that. So it's going to be kind of annoying for a human trader. I think the high frequency traders on the exchange will like this. I yeah, think so the human to... traders are going to struggle with it a little bit. But I think they're the SEC estimated about seventeen hundred stocks will fall into the point zero zero two bucket. Stocks like Amazon will fall in that. A stock like Johnson and Johnson will probably fall into the 0.005 bucket. So J&J will be 179.765. So that's a little more... I, th- I think I would have liked it if they just stuck with the half tick. But when for you get us, down to the 0.002, it's almost too many ticks. For us, Dennis, that are uh, maybe not so into market structure or just want to sure. keep it simple here. So you are you telling me here that the advantage goes to more the algorithmic trading than the retail I think so, trader? yeah. Yeah, I that's think what I kind of want to get to. Um, I, I think don't that's think an that's important. What they were trying to accomplish. They're trying. They're yeah. trying to knock down the profit margins on the off exchange market makers, and I get that. And I think it does accomplish that to a certain extent. My concerns are that it's just going to. They're going to have this quote flickering problem where the quotes are changing yeah. so fast they look like they're flickering. 
So yeah, like, you know, uh, if you plan think the boats move fast now, they're going to really move. They're going to move five times as fast. So on a stock like Bank America, because it's going to be five times more inc- more pricing increments. So that's my concern. I mean, obviously in practice, maybe it's going to work out to be different, but we already went through the quote flickering problem in 2006. I didn't like it. I was happy when they put the subpenny rule in, and I believe it was when Rag NMS came in 2008. And, you know, that's 14 years ago. They kept the spreads a little bit artificially wide. Should Bank of America be a half tick? I think so. I think they went a little bit far with the 0.002. I think they should go with the 0.005. But bottom line for you is you're going to see stocks quoted a little bit tighter. You know, on a stock like Bank of America, again, it's going to be one thir- in the middle of the day, it's going to be 31882. 31884. The potential. I mean, it doesn't have to be quoted that. It's like somebody still has to put a bid or an offer there. But we have the potential for now 500 different pricing increments per handle. So my recommendation to go back to nickels um, is not looking pretty They went the other way. Yeah. They went to sub-pennies. Sub-pennies for everyone. This is, I I, I mean, I think it would be an absolute nightmare for, you know, for traders, I mean, I, you're I not for the human trader. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. All right. I mean, you'll just go with. I think the algorithms will love it. I think the human trader is going to struggle with. Like, what well, you mean? Like, what should I be? 30, 31, 88, 02 or thirty-eight, eight, eight, one, eight, eight, two. Yeah. Three, three points. I, I don't. Dennis, you probably won't do that. You'll just go like 3189 and see. Yeah, if you get that's how you're going to have to get around that's it. That's what you're, you're going to have to do. ignore the middle stuff and just, you want to hit the bed 3784. Don't put 3784, go 378, like 844. Round it up. 3784. Yeah, round it. Penny and just, if you get yeah. the extra, that's good. But don't try to sit around for the extra nah, point zero two. So I think that's how you have to get around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, we've had 24 hours to think about this only, and there's been a lot going on in the last 24 hours. I get what they're trying to accomplish. Again, on a stock like Bank America, you got, you know, the off-exchange market makers that are sitting All there right. trading between the spreads. So. Is, I'm just going to interrupt uh, you here because yeah, it's at 829 Mitch. already. You got about 30 going seconds for job numbers coming in here. Sorry, uh, team. Want to make sure that we give you guys these estimates before they come out. Initial jobless claims estimates 230,000 prior 225,000. Philadelphia Fed Manufacturing Index estimated negative 12 prior negative 19.4 uh, retail sales November estimated is negative 0.2 prior 1.3 we'll see what happens Popping there a little bit. also We're getting popping. core retail Why? sales a little bit. at the same time there's going to be a lot going on a lot of numbers coming out at the same time so there might be a little bit of time to filter through this let's see what happens here um overall, right, 7750 uh, we just hit 7750 uh that's low i have nothing in there for you folks but once we that no, those numbers came out i can't tell you what any of them mean but someone came light. in with a bid someone came with a bid they came in with the bid here uh 7750 is the low they're trying they're trying i wish i could give we were hanging out at 30 uh 3990 uh when i came in this morning so i'll call that minor resistance but do have some buyer. You do have some bottom fishers here. I don't know if we're going to be able to get back to four thousand off this, but uh, Mitch, I just wanted to describe the price action there. Um, off Very the good. number, you made a low, but you're finding buyers. Go ahead with the uh, the actual information that. All right. So uh, we got, yeah, we got initial jobless claims here, 211,000 versus 230,000 coming in light. That's not a good thing for the markets. Retail sales coming in at negative 0.6% versus negative 0.1% expected. Not good here, at least on the first two numbers that I'm getting here. Uh, Let's keep going through the numbers. Next one would be core retail sales for November at negative two versus 0.2 expected. Also not a number that is good here. Um, continuous jobless claims at 1.67 versus 1.671 million expected. So continuous jobless claims not jumping higher, which is what we kind of want to see for the job markets coming down. So another number that points to me to the downside, Uh, you got New York Empire State Manufacturing Index at negative 11.2 versus the negative one expected there. Not looking good in manufacturing index showing some contractions, but that could be a good thing, right? Because that one's actually more about the uh, manufacturing, how you're seeing contraction there. So that shows a slowing economy uh, for the New York 
Empire State Manufacturing Index. And you guys can see it here from all these numbers that are coming in. It's not just one, right? So it's going to take a lot to kind of uh, decipher through here. We'll have to keep watching what's going on with the price action. Like always, that's going to help out determine how you see and how investors are seeing it right now. One thing you can see is look how the spread is even tight right now. A lot of times we we don't even have that that tight of a spread. We didn't really move much. Yeah, really, it it did, Dennis. It uh, it went seventy. Spy went seventy cents wide at eight thirty. There was nobody in there, and now the algorithms come back in because it's safe. They pull as soon as there's information. I do too, and then mm-hmm. you know when it's safe, they come back in. So I know. Looked at one point, we were seventy seven zero, not seven cents, seventy cents wide on Spy. We would come back in here now. So yeah. obviously they've got a feel for it now. New information, they go wide. There's a go wide. Right. They pull their bids and offers, and then they come back in when they feel like it's safe. Yeah, I'll be looking for off. a 394.50. Uh, that's kind of like the underneath support here from this candle on the one minute. Uh, you got 394.50 exact at 824. We'll see if we take that out on the downside. Upside levels to look for. What would you be watching, Joel? Uh, I didn't, I mean, you can't get uh, excited about this market until you get back over yesterday's low, and that was 97 and a quarter. And that's uh, that's yeah. 17, 18 handles from here. And I'm, I did the levels this morning. I, I don't have a good number for you on the downside. Your five, your close last Friday was 68 and a quarter, and then you have all those uh, those major lows. But I know we got our guest coming on in a second. Uh, Dennis, um, Lombardo 141. Is asking you if the new tick rule means stocks will move slower, and I think what you said it's probably going to be the opposite, right? It's just- the quote the quote will move faster. The stock prices themselves, I don't know if it gets impacted that much because you'll just okay. be thinner at each pricing increment. So what I mean by the quote moving fast is the bids and the offers are going to move a lot quicker. You know, on some of these are going to move five times as fast because there's you know options to go to five five hundred pricing increments versus one hundred pricing increments. I don't think it affects how the stock moves overall. You just thin out the liquidity. We you know when we were teenies, Joel, you can remember when we were eight. I remember you, you have eight. liquidity that bulks those. together. You know, and now teenies, and now sub pennies. I mean, liquidity. You know, it's going to see small orders all over the place, so you don't see it bulked as much. So that's that's where because there's more options of prices to put. So, anyways, that's that's my thoughts. I'm concerned about the speed of the quote changing. Just that you know, retail traders can't get a grasp for what is the price. More so than I'm concerned about you know stocks not moving or moving further. All right, let's keep going. We'll get out of this kind of this right now. We're gonna get into our guests. It's eight thirty-five, like always. It's everybody's favorite time. It's time to have some time with our boy Blue CME Group. Let's get it started. Hey, my boy Blue. Yes, yes, you guys see it here. Blue Putnam, Managing Director, Chief Economist, CME Group. We got you back, Blue. We need. All right, you. thank you. Definitely, Holy definitely. Blue. There's so much to on. talk about. I mean. <laughs> Just taking in the information that's come into this market in the last 48 hours, you know, from a CPI report that came in light to hawkish Powell, which everybody was hoping is going to be a little more dovish, and that did not happen yesterday. I want your thoughts on everything, Blue. What are your thoughts, first on the CPI, and then on what Powell was saying yesterday in his conference? All right, here we go. The CPI. CPI, great number. You know, we peaked in June. We've been coming down every month. So this is not one month's number anymore. It's not two. It's not three. You know, it's four or five. Uh, so there's good news on the headline. Core core inflation still a little bit sticky, but everybody knows why. Uh, shelter prices. And we already know the housing market's coming down. So that's really not a concern. Um you know, so this is good news for the Fed, but they, uh, you know, they had a credibility problem when they used the word transitory too often about a year ago. And so, uh, you know, they can't change their guidance month to month. That's not what they want to do. So Powell's going to stay probably with what he said uh, yesterday and stay with that. Um, but they got to be feeling better that uh, the inflation's coming down. And then the economy, I'd be careful with that retail sales number. It was a negative number. Uh, retail sales, you know, we're in November, December holiday period. Uh, people are moving their purchases. We don't know whether they're moving them up, moving them back. Um, 
I would argue that the economy is slowing a little bit, um, but you don't see that in the uh, in the hiring and firing on the job side. And the reason is, you know, when we came out of the pandemic, a lot of companies had trouble hiring people. And so that means they're going to be a lot more reluctant to get rid of anybody because they know hiring them back is tough. Uh, so the the uh, the we're getting some layoffs in a few sectors, but we're getting we're still getting hiring in others. So job market's fine. Retail sales are a little slower. The inflation news is good. It's all good. <laughs> and the market's oh. getting killed off it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not, it doesn't sound that good when the market's getting killed. Off it, so. I don't. Hey, well, it, you it know, there's that a, level for a second. There's a there's a lot of uh, room for maneuver between the economics and what the markets decide to do. That's but true. you know, the the Fed's telling us that they got a a rate rise or two left in them uh, before they find where they're comfortable. I mean, Powell talks about sufficiently restrictive. Um, most people think, well, that's either four and three quarters or five, something like that. Okay. Um, not really. And it is really no difference between those two. A quarter point's not going to matter to the economy. Uh, and I don't think uh, a 5% Fed funds rate means a recession. Uh, obviously, the, the yield curve, the one year is, uh, I think, about 114, 115 basis points higher than the 10-year. So that's screaming recession. Um but you have another interpretation, and the other interpretation is, hey, wait a minute, inflation comes down faster than you thought. That's already happening. It's coming down faster than most people thought. Uh, and so maybe inflation comes down and the Fed can adjust because, you know, it is data dependent. So anyway, I, I understand why the markets are still nervous uh, because Powell's still using the word sufficiently restrictive, which is, I think, code for at least a shallow recession. Um, but uh, but, you know, the data that's coming in, you got to be got to be pleased. You know, the inflation really is coming off. All right. Well, definitely we've been. Go ahead, Joel. No, no. Go ahead, Mitch. Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. Well, definitely we've been starting to see inflation start ticking down and you were definitely in the camp. I think it was June when we were talking or maybe it might have been July where we were talking about how a lot of the times this economical data that's coming through has a long lag. You even called it sometimes like six months lag, right? Well, we're starting to get to that point towards the end of the year. Are we really going to start seeing the effects of all these interest rates start showing up in the economy? And what do you think will happen as we start getting that effect to leak through? Well, the main effect of the interest rate increases year to date has been to take mortgage rates up to put an end to the housing boom. I mean, we've had housing prices down about three months in a row. Uh, we, we're definitely seeing it in rents, but you know the way they calculate shelter in the CPI and in the PCE is complicated and it's lag. You, you kind of own your house and you rent it to yourself and they use some lag formulas, but that will start showing up by the spring of next year. So, um, you know, we, we know that's happening. The other effect of the higher interest rates has really been on repricing equities. I mean, you know, you know, you take the 10 year from 1% to 4%, now back to three and a half. I mean, equities got competition now. Um, in fact, uh, they got competition both from the 10 year and from cash. Um, so, uh, you know, equities are probably only forecasting a shallow recession because most of the drop has been to deal with uh, the competition they've got from fixed income. What What would you say? I mean, do I, I'm looking at the numbers and they're, I, I just kind of feel like it's going to like take a long time, maybe much longer to, in the 23 and 24 and 25. I mean, they ratcheted it up and I can see the, why the market's reacting like it is. I mean, it just seems like it's going to be up there and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be stuck. I, I don't see what they can do. I mean, the rates, obviously raising rates haven't, uh, you know, haven't done the trick. I mean, what, you know, what can, what else can they do besides what they're doing? And, you know, 5%, I mean, doesn't that seem like just, far away? <laughs> well, you know, the, the relationship between interest rates and labor markets isn't very tight. And particularly coming out of a pandemic, it's not very tight because, you know, 
In the spring of 2020, we had a huge shock to the economy, the pandemic. And then we got a, we went into intensive care and they gave us an incredible amount of drugs, namely three trillion of fiscal stimulus, and then the Fed bought three trillion. So you get the economy has to deal with the shock to its system from the pandemic, and then it has to deal with the side effects of the cure, uh, which, uh, and that's where we got our burst of inflation from. But, you know, if you're expecting inflation to go back to core inflation to go back to 2% by the end of next year, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed too. That's not going to happen, I don't think. On the other hand, if you want to see core inflation drifting down, uh, I think that'll start from the spring of, of next year uh, in a meaningful way. And we already have the headline inflation drifting down. So it's just a question of whether you're interested in the direction you're going or whether you have an endpoint you have to get to. And if you have to get to that 2%, uh, then that's going to take a lot longer. All right, Blue. Now, one of the comments that I caught yesterday, of course, was uh, when Powell said doesn't have a plan to pause or take reversal path, right? You just mentioned it there that you don't see kind of core inflation coming down below that 2% in 23. So could we be seeing a prolonged time where interest rates don't get cut? Could be maybe even leading into 24. Could you see this being a possibility? That's definitely one scenario. You know, there are quite a few scenarios out there, but that's definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and that one would occur in the situation where the unemployment rate doesn't go up very much. So maybe the unemployment rate uh, ticks up to a little bit over four, but doesn't go up very much. Inflation's come, say core inflation's come down to four. Uh, the, you know, in that situation, I think the Fed would just hang around that five for a little longer and see how things are going. They're, they'll be pleased by the fact that core inflation's coming down, but they won't quite understand how it's coming down without, you know, the labor market still strong. So, so that's a scenario. But there's, you know, there's the deep scenario, the deep recession scenario, which I don't give much credit to, but it's possible. And then there's the inflation doesn't come down scenario, and that's the Fed. Uh, has more to do. Uh, that's the data is not suggesting that, but uh, you have to keep your eye on that. Okay, we're on the line with Blue Putnam, uh, the chief economist over at uh, the CME Group. Uh, you know, you talked about the Tina trade. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the Tina trade being dead as far as their no alternative. Um, I do you think that the the malaise that you have in the market is just that you know people. What we've seen evidence in the market last uh, last couple of days is they're just selling pops and and willing to get out of stock and put it back in. I mean, is that just going to be the trend for a while? I mean, two three years where people are you know, hey, I I know I'm going to lose out to inflation, but it's better than watching my stock go down two three you know two three four percent or having that kind of year. What's uh what's your outlook uh for you know investor psychology on this? Like I'm done with this market. I got smoked <laughs> in growth stocks. You know, I got smoked on in Target. I got smoked on in this and that. Is it? Do you, are we coming into like a generational shift here where like Man, my grandparents got burned. My parents got burned. I got burned. I'm out. Well, I think there are some people that are saying that, but but the more serious or the the issue I think a lot of people have is that this is an extremely uncertain environment. And in the uh, you know coming out of the pandemic, come, you know we don't know where things are going. We're talking about three different scenarios, and they all have their probabilities attached to them. So if you are uncertain. And if you are conservative, this is the first time in 12 years you can park your money in cash and wait a while because, yeah, you're not keeping up with quite keeping up with inflation. But, you know, inflation expectations aren't where inflation is. They're much lower, much lower. Uh, the market is not telling you that inflation is going to hang around. So, you know, cash is an alternative for people who simply want the option to wait. And, and, you know, and, and for equities, the malaise you're talking about, the equity rallies, the last four or five big equity rallies were kicked off after a crisis. And then we went to zero rates or 1% rates back in, you know, 2001. And they had the Fed behind the rally. The Fed is not there this time. So, you know, you're going to have choppy equities for a long time. But doesn't mean they can't grind up. It's just not going to be smooth. 
All right, so I'll come in here with one from the chat. Like always, we'd like to give an advantage here on uh, Benzinga that we can get questions from the chat here. So we got someone out there, and that's literally his username, wants to know why doesn't Blue give much credit to the deep recession <laughs> theory? Love his opinion, would love to hear his view. So why not in a deep recession? Why don't you see that, Blue? Deep recessions typically have a very, very serious financial problem. That is the Great Recession 2008, we had the financial system imploded with the you know Lehman Brothers, Bear Stern, things like that. Uh, and that caused a huge amount of deleveraging. The unemployment rate shot up over you know to 10%. So people lost their jobs. We had the subprime mortgage crisis, so they couldn't pay their mortgages. They had to foreclose on their houses. We don't have any of that going on. We have a much healthier uh, credit quality of the banking system. We have be better credit quality of the people that own houses. Nope, the people are not losing their jobs. There's no subprime crisis. So we're not going to do what we did in 2008. And then you got to go back. It was a pretty mild recession back in 2001. We didn't even have two quarters of GDP go down in a row. It's just, uh, it's just a slowdown. Then you go back to the SNL crisis of 1990. That was a little more serious, but that was a financial crisis. We had a whole part of the banking system in trouble. Uh, so, you know, it, I'm not in the uh, it's going to be a deep recession unless you have some kind of serious systematic financial problem. And I give that a very low probability. All right. So you heard it there. Blue doesn't I guess you don't see anything breaking at least anytime soon. And I think that's well, nothing really big breaking. Lots of little okay. things can break. I mean, you can be, you know, the, the, there's, there's plenty of companies that uh, would argue that they've, they've had yeah. some issues, but it's, you know, we're talking at, we're 10,000 feet looking at the market as a whole. We're looking at the system as a whole. Uh, it's in way better shape than in the, the past deep recessions. All right. Now, like always, one thing that we always want to keep in mind is kind of, the, the business cycles, right? Now we're getting towards a point where, what would you say here, uh, Blue? Are we closer towards the end than the beginning? <laughs> you know, business cycles are best forecasted looking backward. If you look backward, they look like cycles. But when you're in them, that's not how they behave. They're all different. Every one of them is different. And this one, Man, this one is really different coming out of a pandemic. I think we're actually in the early stages of recovery from the pandemic. Uh, not that we're in the late stages of some longer business cycle. And I think this recovery, it's like the economy has, it kind of has long COVID. We had a bad case of COVID. And then with long COVID, you get three months later, you get another symptom. Three months later, you get another symptom. And that's where the economy is. We're still kind of dealing with where's the balance, where are the decision's going to be. Yeah. Uh, but we are doing way better. Uh, there's no doubt about that. The, the economy's not in that bad a shape, even with the Fed having raised rates. It's just a certain pocket. So, you know, I'm going to be the uh, glass is half full economist today. Can't blame you on that. And uh, who knows, maybe it's half empty for some, but I do see it half full also for myself, Blue. We'll see what happens in the markets and we'll definitely bring you back on in the beginning of the year. Excited to hear from you. Like always, our boy Blue, CME Group, <laughs> Blue Putnam. We'll have you back. Thank Appreciate you very you much. On. All right, there you guys have it. And what are you seeing in the markets, Joel? Are we still, still mounting away. We're melting. I mean, there, there is, uh, you know, you took out that low from yesterday. I mean, there's nothing in here until last week's low. We could uh, look at that at 39.45.75. But, you know, once again, I mean, they're just, they're just the selling pressure on this market, those, those, uh, those, uh, e or the ECB have, uh, bump. I mean, that, I don't know if that was expected or not, but it's just, you just don't have people. You're just not getting the the buying on the dip yet, and I think they're waiting for uh, the last week's low, which was uh, thirty nine forty five seventy five. So, also, this is kind of typical expiration, you know, expiration week action, right? Um, you know, volatility. But right now, uh, the volatility is to the downside. Triple D, uh, you hanging in out there? What are you seeing? A lot of offers. 
I'm trying, man. I'm just getting our wrong side on a little bit of this stuff here. So it's going to be a okay. rougher day, it looks like here, just from the day trading perspective. But I mean, this is the market we're in here. It's chopped. It's going to continue to be chopped. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think we looked to last week's low. Um, well, that low 391.64, I guess, is from uh, just looking back here at the dates here, De- December the 6th. Uh-huh. So I think you're looking back to there. You're 20 handles away from there. That's the next logical bounce spot here. I mean, we just sold off straight 200 points from, you know, where we were just literally just looking at that. 48 hours ago. So, I mean, now it's like, okay, it's on stocks now. I mean, you got to wait for a bounce here to get out of stuff now. I think you'll get the bounce. We got a nice bounce yesterday. Hopefully people were taking that opportunity to lighten up. We got a nice bounce the day before. Now you're getting the sell-off. I mean, I think we still chop around here a lot. Again, I still think the path for next year, I know they don't want to hear this, but I think it's lower. I think there's too many stocks that are sitting up here thinking that, yeah, you know, it's, you know, value. I'm a value stock, so I'm okay. I mean, money manager on CNBC, case in point, um, they're asking me, is buy Nucor. And he's like, well, I know I'm safe in Nucor because it's only trading four, four times earnings or five times earnings. These earnings are cyclical. I mean, what happens in a, in a recession or a downturn is these earnings all of a sudden start to go negative on you. So, I mean, cyclical earnings are cyclical for a reason, is that when the economy goes into recession, they actually go down. A consumer staple continues to make money. Cyclical companies, they, you could go in and say, yeah, it's P is four, so if it goes into, you know, into a recession, it's P is going to maybe go six, seven, eight. I can handle that. I mean, there is a possibility it could get ugly and it could go negative earnings. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it's a possibility. It's very, you know, ignorant, you know, to say that, yeah, you know, PE is four, so I'm perfectly safe. I mean, I've been in PE four stocks before too, you know, and all of a sudden the business cycle turns the other way and they're not making money and you're like, wow, that was a value trap. So, I mean, I'm not buying Nucor at 145. You know, I think we're going into a recession. I think it's had an incredible rally. I think there's value traps all over the place here. I'm going to go take a, a line from Kathy Wood and say, I think there's a, va- a bubble in value stocks. I really do. I think we've had too big of a run here for the Dow in the last 45 days. And I think well, time to ring the register. A lot of these stocks are still sitting up here. I mean, the Dow hasn't even really come off much. So, you know, we're 285 back in October. People were puking their guts out. Now we're 336, and they think we're going all-time highs. I think it was just the wave up, and I think it's an opportunity to lighten up stocks. Well, you guys got it there on the outlook for value stocks, right? We're going to keep going. Uh, any levels you want to give there on Nucor, Joel, just so we can move uh, forward? NUE, let's see how that's uh, uh, move. I mean, well, it's down 293 today. I just go uh, real short term here. I don't – 145. I mean, I had a couple lows in that area. Uh, Monday's low, 44.36. Uh, after that, you got a trap door uh, down to like your three-week low at uh, 140.75. So better hold here. We're already through yesterday's low. Coming back on the upside here, uh, you could get a gap fill at uh, 146.01, a little bit of a rally. And uh, I'm sure you'll see a lot of offers if we get close to unchanged at uh 147.93. Uh, just take a look at uh, Still Dynamics, which um, I got a little bit of, and I would like to get rid of that. Look at that pulling <laughs> up at all time high. It's an all time uh, high. Is it not yeah, an all time yep. high? Yeah. I'd like to get rid of that. Why not? It's not an all time high. I mean, I I know I people have this in their head that you want to buy, and again, everybody has traded the same pattern here for the last six years you buy stocks and uptrends you sell stocks and downtrends and that's true unless we're going into a recession then you just take the profits and everything yeah i think why some people are looking at materials more often is that they're expecting a huge downturn in the dollar and then with that they expect to see kind of some of these get lifts from that so uh, i think that that's expecting a downturn in the dollar you're expecting a market rally because everybody looks at the currency when they should be looking at the equity markets. The equity markets have yeah. been leading this dollar for a long time here now. The equity markets sell off, the dollar lifts. The equity markets start to rally, the dollar dips. I mean, all everybody, right. all the currency traders, all, I know you want to interrupt me because you don't believe that. But uh, no, no, it's not, it's not, that's not why I just want to bring us to Tesla. I just want to make sure we cover Tesla here uh, before we wrap up. It's about 857. So we only got three minutes of Joel. Don't want to leave. Don't want him to run out on us. 
Uh, Tesla, of course, uh, don't take maybe too many pages from Kathy. She's still remaining uh, bullish on Tesla with another $11 million stock buy. But that's not the important news in Tesla today. It's all about Elon Musk. Of course, uh, selling another 3.6 billion worth of shares uh, on Wednesday, the billionaire sold 22 million shares of Tesla, according to the file. Uh, now, Musk has almost sold 40 billion of the stock's worth in the past year. Is this gonna stop leaking anytime soon? Mm, boy, I don't know. Oh boy, oh boy. What? Again, to what I w- I'll just say what I was saying before is I'm, I'm just as much as I'm selling stocks and uptrends, I'm not buying stocks and downtrends right now. Yeah. I mean, this is just value multiple contraction. We don't know the damage to the brand. The stock goes down every day. It seems like it's oversold. There'll be a bounce. The bounces are going to be sold, though, Joel. I mean, hard to get bullish here when the thing's still trading. High multiple. I know, yeah, they're saying, well, it's only 29 times forward earnings. Well, as long as those forward earnings turn out to be projected to grow as much as the analysts are saying they're projected to grow i don't think that's going to happen so i don't want to own tesla yeah still very high um 151.33 is uh is your pre-market high so if that holds up you got a little you know you got some some chance of a rally uh which you will see at some point in the day the bottom of yesterday's range 155.31 uh that's definitely achievable uh, 150 is kind of like a you know a psychological level. I'm gonna interrupt yeah. you again, Joel. China's rallying here right now, so I'm not sure exactly what has happened here, but we've got China taking uh, having a significant rally here right now. Alibaba okay. has now went green. Keep that in mind if you're trading equity markets here right now. That can there be a driver to turn us around here a little bit. Great. I don't know what the I don't know what the stock the news is here. We haven't seen it happen here yet. Valley Baba is green now. FXI has turned green. We are seeing a lot of China stocks blast off here right now. Something is somebody has said something in China. Neo is taking off here right now too. They're saying in the chat, yeah, it's up three percent. All China stocks just turned around on a dime. Keep that in mind. If you're trading stocks here right now, we haven't moved much on the S and P yet. I think that could be a catalyst to maybe give us a little bit of a bounce here. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe something on COVID restrictions or something, right? Probably. Yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, just um, uh, just uh, to finish up with uh, with Tesla here, and uh, the next monthly low is not for a long ways down, and so if you're looking at things on a monthly basis, uh, one thirty point seventy seven was your October of twenty low, and not only. Did Elon sell some Tesla? But I'm flat. I'm out of Tesla. You sold Tesla? Mm-hmm. You're done. Wow. Joel, the buy and hold oh. investor. You had that for a long time. Yep. Yep. Finally sold your yep. Tesla out. Yep. Yep. Why do you sell it? Why? Yeah, why now? Well, uh, the investment committee uh wanted to sell it. <laughs> and she doesn't like Elon? <laughs> It's uh, no comment. And, uh, <laughs> she does it. She uh, she's not on Same Twitter. My wife's not buying a Tesla now. <laughs> yeah. Say uh, she's not on Twitter, uh, but she knows what's going on with Twitter. And uh, <laughs> she also said she was sick of it going down every day. You know, so yeah. um, so good. So I, I can. Uh, she's not I, sick I, of Peloton, I, though. No, no, that's going to take that one with <laughs> us. Uh, I can't get her to get out of that. Maybe she, if it gets, can, you know, she ain't getting out of that one. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a graveyard stock. But um, but there you have it. Uh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, must sell more stock, whether the financing for the Twitter <laughs> deal or, or whatnot. But, I mean, he's selling at these levels. I mean, it's it's – a lot has to be tied to Twitter. You just have to, I mean, this stock would be getting hit, but if it did have the Twitter overhang, you just wonder where the stock would be. You think it would be, you know, substantially higher, but it's just kind of falling into the, you know, the, um, you know, the value, you know, or unvalued, you know, the gross stock with the high PE 
and it's just coming to roost. It avoided it for the longest time. So uh, I'm going to wrap I things up. I think it's up. a good sale, Joel. I mean, again, I wish you, you know, it would have been before, but, you know, obviously the stock has, you know, been getting hit here. But, you know, you can't argue. You made a lot of money on it. You had it for a long time. No, you didn't get the top. But, I mean, you did really well in this Tesla. You bought that thing way back. Like a, year, a couple of years ago yeah. when we went out to the mall and she saw the car. She's like, hey, that's not a bad looking car. But, oh, it's late. It's works. Not- Yep, nine oh two. I'm gonna hop uh, that pre market <laughs> low. Let's keep. Let's defend that. Maybe uh, get back up to yesterday's low at uh, ninety seven and a quarter. So, Mitch, Dennis, I'll check in with you guys later on. All See right, you, it's one of those days. It's gonna keep going. Dennis, go ahead. I know you. I'm you feisty, got so much Mitch. To do. I'm feisty today, and I'm sorry for snapping here because this is a it's market cool. that's just, just crazy hey. here. I know I I've been feisty the with the chat. I'm, I'm <laughs> definitely in a feisty mood. You can tell it here today. So, all right. Thanks, guys. Take Have care. Have a good one, Dennis. No stress. And like always, team, one of the things that I'm always going to do for you guys is I'm trying to get to the headlines, right? You guys will see me sometimes interrupt Dennis, sometimes interrupt Joel. The main thing there is that we all know how Dennis can keep going on those rants. And like always, one of the most important thing is I'm trying to get you guys all the headlines that I have. So you guys can't say while you're done with pre-market prep that we didn't give you the facts, the news out there, the headlines. That's what it's all about here. Of course, we're trying to give you guys an understanding into the market. And like always, there's going to be some interruptions. There's going to be some breaking news. We're going to always try to adjust and try to do our best. I hope that you guys enjoyed today's show. Pre-market prep. Thank you, the CME groups. Of course, Blue Putnam. You guys, go give my man Blue a follow. Go give the CME group a follow. And like always, you guys can use this QR code right here and check out some expert insights and analysis from the CME group. Get it today. Or just go to CME group's website and you guys can also pull it up. You guys will find that in the description below. I will go ahead and now kick it to Benzinga TV. We got some live trading action. We got Benzinga live and of course, stock market movers. Stay tuned, team. It's going to be a great one. Lots to talk about. Lots of movement. We'll see what's going on with the China stocks. They're even moving big. But like always, hit the thumbs up if you guys appreciated today's show and everything that we do right here on Benzinga. See you next time, team.